Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today, we are going to be looking at second year wide receivers in the NFL for fantasy football 2020. I've got five names, the top five second year wide receivers, not from last year, not how they performed last year, but projecting out this year. Now, I think the top five, and you can see number five over my shoulder, we're going to start in reverse order. I think the top five is pretty clear and figured out who the top five is within that top five it's up for debate and then the drop off from six through ten is very much up for debate where a lot of guys got injured a lot of quarterback changes and i'll be excited to kind of put together a video on that in the future but this one through five is very i would say a tier of their own above those guys it was easy to find the top five it was a little bit more difficult to rank them out against each other so welcome if you're brand new my name is salvetri i create fantasy related content daily fantasy sports dfs in those streets as well as season-long content content and a little bit of sports betting right here on this YouTube channel. I would appreciate it. We just crushed through 20,000 subscribers. If you get any value from this video or previous video, roam around, see some of the other stuff on my channel, depending on when you're watching this, please hit that subscribe button. I greatly appreciate it. We're doing this pretty early on, so things will be definitely changing. I'm going to be doing another video of uh, pretty much all these types of subjects a little bit later on once we have more reports after the coronavirus of some player news, the draft, any type of preseason stuff, but that's a lot more down the line. So right now, just looking at some of the second-year wide receivers projected out where we expect them to be because it's always great and you should be if you are somebody taking this seriously playing in some higher stakes stuff or just want to win your 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 season long league against your buddies for a little bit of cash and really bragging rights to big one you should be trying to keep up with it at all times because you're just going to have such a greater edge in somebody who buys somebody's draft guide five days before the draft and, and just no actual context being added into it. So thanks for being here. Uh, we're going to go five through one, the second year wide receivers, all these guys, again, rookies last year. I appreciate you being here. If you want to hit the subscribe button, greatly helps as well. So starting with number five, uh, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown came onto the scene last year and absolutely blew it up on, I think it was just 17 routes run in week one, he scores the two touchdowns, breaks the slate in DFS, wins people millions of dollars as a rookie, and then he gets injured, then he kind of disappears a little bit after week three. He only played 14 out of 16 games last year. He battled lower body injuries, mainly within his ankle and his foot, which is not the greatest for a speedster uh, usually playing on the outside, but he did get a good amount of usage in the slot. 37.3% of his usage came out of the slot. It resulted in almost a quarter of his targets, 23.3%. He was the number one wide receiver, not only just out of rookies, number one wide receiver amongst all qualified wide receivers, 77 of them. When he was targeted, his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, had the highest pass rating in the league. So when targeted out of every single wide receiver, receiver highest passer rating when targeted that just means that there was a ton of completions those completions uh, were for either one touchdowns they were on the money they resulted in first downs a lot of different things go into that Uh, that is fantastic for a rookie and it wasn't even that small of a sample again he played in in 14 games he didn't have the same type of target share as some of the top end guys so that can kind of help you jump up the leaderboards a little bit when you're just being efficient in a smaller sample but it wasn't a tiny tiny sample so it takes something out of it he only played 14 games but he did see 15 deep targets and resulting in four touchdowns on those now he was tied with another uh, on this list a few more rookies in terms of touchdowns off of deep passes but having only 15 or only 14 games and still seeing 15 deep targets is very good we saw later in the year specifically on a Thursday night football game where Marquise Brown scored two touchdowns 
in the first quarter, we saw his red zone role start to increase as the season went on. It could have been injury related in his playbook, not being able to stretch the field as much and putting him on in some of these red zone packages that worked his skill set, um, being able to kind of just get slick and around guys and evade players and get lost a little bit based on his speed and agility. So um, we didn't get to see the full season out of him without the injuries. And I think you're going to see his upside this year. The downsides in my concerns for Hollywood Brown is one, Lamar Jackson just set the world on fire last year in terms of touchdown efficiency. I mean, you talk about Russell Wilson in the past couple of years. You talk about Patrick Mahomes two years ago, touchdown efficiency, that percentage number. Lamar Jackson was setting records last year with that. It's going to regress through the air. So that's going to hurt all of his wide receivers if his touchdown efficiency isn't up there as much. Obviously, Lamar's rushing ability on the ground, if that were to regress, that would probably only help Hollywood Brown, right? Uh, getting stuffed more, not picking up first downs, forcing to throw a little bit more. And I do think Lamar will step forward once again, another year forward after last year um, in the positive direction with his passing game, and that will only continue to improve. So there's some concerns in terms of just the whole efficiency of this offense taking a regression backseat, but just Hollywood Brown getting healthy should kind of evade those. So I think the floor is a little bit shakier. That's why I have him at number five. I think the ceiling uh, is very much one of the highest, if not number one out of all these second uh, year guys. If everything goes well for him, Lamar continues to play well, and he stays ultra effective and healthy. So that is Marquise Brown, number five amongst the second year wide receivers. Now let's get into number four. And this is where the debate starts to happen. I know people who think Debo could be the number two guy. The number one is kind of clear cut decided right now. And I'm not even sure if it's that much, but it's the same number one for me. We'll get there. But I know people who think he's number two. Number three seems like a fine argument. I'm going to have Debo at number four. And look, if you're looking at last year, yeah, the argument's there for Debo to be the number two rookie wide receiver, the number three. Um, I'm going to put Debo Samuel at number four because I think a lot of his production comes from the running game. And believe it or not, Debo Samuel had three rushing touchdowns last year. Out of all non-running back players, Debo Samuel led all of the wide receivers in rushing grade. Um, and he was fourth overhaul behind Ryan Tannehill, behind Lamar Jackson in rushing grades that are not running backs. And actually John Smith, who had one big rush late in the season. So it was a smaller sample there. But among all wide receivers, he led them among all wide, rookie wide receivers. That also means that he led them in rushing grades. Now that's a factor of his offense. Kyle Shanahan, probably the best run blocking scheme in the league using as of right now, five active running backs. They just as tenured Matt Breida. So five active running backs in the roster used four all throughout last year, three for at least every single game. And he had 159 rushing yards, three touchdowns, and Debo Samuel was the highest graded rookie wide receiver and the number 11 overall run blocking wide receiver. He just fit this system so well. Now, I'm not saying he's just a system talent. You can see his player comp on player profile above me is Chris Godwin, and that's obviously fantastic. I don't think he has the same type of skill sets. He's a big body receiver. He can play out of the slot. But yes, he is the number one receiver, but he's the number two option on this team behind George Kittle. And you can argue he's the number three option on this team behind George Kittle and the running game as a whole. Now, Emmanuel Sanders did, did get shipped out. But Jalen Hurd, a guy who was pushing Debo last year, both of them were going to be rookies, got hurt, hurt his back early on. Now his back injury is really serious. He should be ready to go for this season. But Jalen Hurd, the second year player in himself, he could take away a lot of what Debo was getting last year, both in the running game, but also just passes downfield. Debo Samuel last season only ended up seeing six deep passes. 7.8% of his targets were deep passes of 20 or more yards. That is not electric. Jalen Hurd is somebody who can take on that role downfield. Obviously, we know George Kittle can. And as I record this a week before the NFL draft, the 49ers are very much in play. They can try and fill the Forrest Buckner spot with their early first round pick. 
or middle middle of the first round pick, or they're very much in play to take one of these top end wide receivers. And that would obviously impact Debo Samuel. So some of those concerns, as I create this video, why I have Debo as a number four second year guy uh, behind some of the guys that we're about to get into. The biggest ones are that is his 159 rushing yards and three touchdowns sustainable? Like, is, is that the average or is that the ceiling? I tend to believe that that's the ceiling. Again, he was number one last year. It's hard to believe that the same wide receiver is going to two years in a row be the number one graded rusher. Now in this Kyle Shanahan offense, if anyone was to do it, I would say Shanahan's receiver would be able to, but with some guys coming back from injury, shipping out a, an older Emmanuel Sanders, who I get his target share was high up there in the mid to high twenties, but shipping out an older Emmanuel Sanders, replacing that with either a top end talent rookie coming out of this draft or Jalen Hurd uh, coming back off of injury. I don't know if it's if it's that big of a difference. So I think that Debo, it might be set for regression here. He had 77 targets, 57 receptions, 802 yards. The running game is what's going to keep him up, but I don't think I want to rely on a wide receiver um, producing just not artificial, but producing sort of rushing stats that don't seem that dependent, in my opinion, uh, and if anything, seem due for regression. So that's Debo Samuel. That is number four. Now, before we get into number three, I will point out that this video is indeed sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. You can see right below me. If you sign up for Monkey Knife Fight, it's a player prop site. It's it's, it's a ton of fun, depending on when you're watching this, whichever sports are going on. If it's esports, if all the, the real life sports are back, check it out. If you put the minimum deposit of $10, use that promo code VETRI or click the link in the description, whatever's easier for you. If you put the minimum deposit of $10, they will send you $15 as well. If you also are interested in League of Legends, uh, I have an esports course for that, and I'll throw that in for totally free. It's normally $30. That is all down below in the description. You can check that out. My number three is DK Metcalf. And oh man, I wanted to put him number two. Um, And and I think the upside is there for DK uh, to be the number one second year wide receiver even ahead of some of the guys that you're already thinking. DK Metcalf's route tree, and I'm going to try and pop it up on screen uh, in the in the post editing of this. His route tree for the first eight weeks of the season was pretty much 90% of his targets were on just go routes, which means just run straight down the field. A lot of those were on the left side of the field. Now, those are rookie friendly routes. You don't have to do much. You have a good quarterback who can actually keep you involved still on those routes. You don't have to worry about being a technician. DK Metcalf did not come out of college as this, this crisp technique receiver. He was just a, a speed, somewhat speedster that can just win jump balls because he's physically dominant, one of the most dominant specimens to come to the combine in in quite some time. So his route tree was very basic. Now towards the end of the season, and really when it started to click was the last two games of the year, and mainly the postseason, those two games in the postseason for Seattle, is when you saw the click of DK Metcalf's route tree changing. He went into the slot. He was running complex routes, double moves. That's another thing that we saw at DK all year. Now on the offseason, Pete Carroll comes out and he said he wants to expand DK Metcalf's role. DK Metcalf was already the leading target goer ahead of Tyler Lockett from week eight throughout the postseason last year. He was already changing his route tree up. The upside is here for DK Metcalf, one of three wide receivers, rookie wide receivers last year to hit 900 receiving yards. Um, The other two were the two guys that are actually going to be ahead of him. The wide receiver drop off from wide receiver three in Seattle, which was rotated through Jerron Brown and David Moore last year for most of the season. The tight ends that dealt with a ton of injuries, but were rotating through three or four guys. The drop off from Tyler Lockett and Metcalf is huge to low guys those guys. So even if Lockett's target share stays in those mid-20s, there's no reason you can't see something similar happening for DK Metcalf. Again, he led the second half of the year throughout the postseason in targets ahead of Lockett last year. He was number two in deep targets among rookie wide receivers last year with 25, scored four touchdowns off those. 25.8% of his targets were 20 or more yards down the field. He was only using the slot 11% of the time, but a lot of that came towards the end of the season. You want receivers in the slot because they have better mismatch and advantages. He is compared to Andre Johnson, as you can see above, and he's built like Andre Johnson. If you get this guy running any sort of decent 
consistently crisp routes out of the slot, he is going to be an absolute nightmare for defenses. I think DK Metcalf's ceiling, as you saw last year towards the second half of the year, started to really come out. I think he has the best quarterback play out of every single second year wide receiver on here. I mean, it's pretty hard to, um, or on this video, at least it's pretty hard to knock Russell Wilson and in, in, in MVP candidate, the leader right now for MVP Vegas odds for the 2020 season. So DK Metcalf is my number three, but man, oh man, I think three might be his floor for second year receivers. I think number one is without question, his range of outcomes is a very realistic outcome. Love the, the progression that we're seeing out of his play towards the end of the year. Love all the coach speak coming out of him early right now. And I love the quarterback play that this guy has outside of just being an absolute uh, physical specimen. Heading to number two, and this was the guy that was really difficult, Terry McLaurin, uh, Redskins, right? Washington, very difficult player comp was Mike Wallace for me to kind of choose between DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. I'm even tempted right now to want to go DK a little bit higher, but McLaurin is just, although DK is the more physical specimen guy, McLaurin's just the speedster, more talented, actual athlete type player out there as a wide receiver. He was fantastic last year with terrible quarterback play. He finished second among all the rookie wide receivers in overall passing yards. He was the highest graded, though, rookie wide receiver at 86.5. That was the second highest grading that we've seen in the past decade out of a rookie wide receiver. 86.5 is fantastic. He did have seven drops. You're going to see that in rookies. It was second most amongst all the rookies. Actually, Debo Samuel ended up leading them with 10. But he accounted for 32.7 of Washington's passing yards. 32.7. That's with two to three quarterbacks being used throughout the season, still targeting his way. He had about a 30% target share. Nobody else is coming close to him. Now, another second year rookie that they have, Steven Sims Jr., who started to come on late last year, especially in the red zone for them, uh, started to kind of push the target share a little bit, but there was nobody else that it didn't matter. McLaurin still was seeing a mid to upper 20s in target share. Jordan Reed retired. They don't have a, a viable tight end. They don't have a viable number three behind Steven Sims and Terry McLaurin, and they're not throwing it to the running backs uh, that are going to be back there this season, or at least the indication is not is not going to be throwing it a ton to them. Terry McLaurin should be pushing a 28 to 32% target share. He should have another 30% or so of this team's passing yards, if not more. Dwayne Haskins, if anything, the quarterback play is shaky. That's why DK being number two makes maybe a little more sense for me. But Haskins showed improvement late last year. You started to see his confidence growing a little bit, especially when he picked up a couple of victories. Terry McLaurin got it done with any quarterback that was back there. I think he gets over that thousand yard mark this season. I think he gets over it by a pretty easy margin. He had 58 receptions as a rookie, second most, only behind the Steelers, actually, Deontay Johnson, 91 targets was second most behind DK Metcalf, who led all receivers and rookies last year with 97 targets. Terry McLaurin also showed his upside in deep passing. Number one rookie last year in deep targets, 27. It was 29.7% of Terry McLaurin's targets came 20 or more yards downfield. That is what I call upside in fantasy football. And the guy also showed a pretty crisp floor in his intermediate to short route running uh, range. So uh, Terry McLaurin, fantastic option. I would say his ceiling is higher, but his floor is lower than DK Metcalf. So if you're trying to get a, a, a more stable ranking out of your second year receivers, putting DK number two makes sense. If you're trying to really hit the upside of your rankings, I think Terry McLaurin makes a lot of sense as a second year guy. He did play 23.2% of the times in the, in the slot and had three touchdowns from the slot. So I also give him that edge over DK Metcalf. The potential is there for Metcalf, like we talked about, but we've already been seeing it out of McLaurin having success out of the slot. Again, the player comp was Mike Wallace, and I think it's actually a really good comp. Finally, the man that everybody's talking about, the man that's gaining so much hype, but even if you watch this video a month from now, it's probably still going to be gaining a ton of hype. AJ Brown, the only rookie wide receiver last year to go over a thousand receiving yards. He broke that number by going for a thousand and fifty one receiving yards. He had the fourth most targets uh, amongst the wide receivers with 84. He was the second best, listen to this, second best yards per route run rookie season in the last 15 years. The only guy better than him was Odell Beckham Jr., 
he was completely efficient. He was a part of an offense that is going to be very cohesive coming back this year. And with the pandemic that's going on, cohesiveness is probably going to be even more uh, important syndication with Ryan Tannehill signing his contract with them locking up Derrick Henry. So this offense should be very similar. I think the concerns out of AJ Brown, if anything, the guy's spectacular. You're going to see uh, big numbers out of him. The concerns are that Ryan Tannehill and this offense were so efficient last year that if they don't replicate that, and it's going to be really hard to replicate that, that AJ Brown can be seeing a really big drop. Now I push back on that because AJ Brown last year didn't start seeing his snap share come up until like halfway through the year. They were rotating in three or four wide receivers, Tajay Sharp, Corey Davis. They were running two wide receiver sets and rotating in three to four wide receivers. So you were seeing like a 50, 40% snap count for AJ Brown for most of the first half of the season. He put up these huge numbers, heavily, heavily weighted on the second half of the season. So even if they become a little bit less efficient and you're giving AJ Brown the full season as a number one out there, number one wide receiver out there, he's going to smash through if healthy for those 16 games or even like 14 or 15, he's going to smash through that 1,051 receiving yard number. He's going to smash through the touchdowns that he had last year as well. He saw 16 deep targets. He was the number two overall graded rookie wide receiver only behind Terry McLaurin last year. And if you just look at last year, not at the rookies, but every wide receiver, he was third in routes run amongst all wide receivers. And he forced the second most tackles amongst all qualified wide receivers. So this guy's an absolute monster. Again, he he did not see his snap share and his opportunities start to spike until midway through the season. So even if Ryan Tannehill does not become ultra efficient play action passing monster Ryan Tannehill that he was last year, you're still going to get another half a season of normal snap counts out of AJ Brown pushing probably the 70 plus percent range. So if AJ Brown is out there for a full 16 games and healthy, there's no doubt in my mind, he's going to be going over by a good margin that 1,051 receiving yard number. He's going to be going way over the 84 targets, probably breaks hundred targets this year, probably breaks 12 to 1300 receiving yards. If indeed he stays healthy uh, and he gets his, his normal role that he had for the final uh, seven or eight games from last year. AJ Brown is the industry's clear cut number one second year wide receiver. I think it makes sense. I don't think that means that he's locked into it. You can see if there's big improvements out of the slot, out of the route tree for DK Metcalf, I can see him going there. If there's huge improvements in terms of uh, Terry McLaurin, really for his quarterback play, if that quarterback play from Dwayne Haskins can stay consistent, there's no doubt in my mind Terry McLaurin can spike the upside. We saw it for the first five, six games last year. McLaurin was by far the best rookie wide receiver. Then the quarterback play dropped off when they changed over to Haskins for that third, that middle part of the season. And that's where AJ Brown started to explode and get the edge on McLaurin. The player comp is Dwayne Bowe. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, A last stat to leave you with. He was first in yards per reception, AJ Brown last year, almost nine yards per reception, 8.9 yards per reception. This guy's an absolute monster. So hopefully you enjoyed this video. Check out Monkey Knife Fight. Check out what I have to offer down below in the description, some free strategy guides. And the biggest thing I would like to ask of you, hit that subscribe button and let me know what NFL season long topic for 20. 2020, you would like to see me make a video on? Leave that down below in the comment section. Thank you so much for tuning into this one. My name is Sal Vetri. I hope you all stay safe out there. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you in the next one. 